So today we are going to be looking at the subject of God in the everyday and I've given a, a subtitle of a study in foreskins, good grub, missio day and kadosh. So hopefully that's helpful just as a bit of a starter. Um, I'm going to read a bit of a chunk of scripture from Joshua, Joshua 5, um, and then we're going to kind of get into this a little bit. But this is what Joshua 5 says. Now, when all the Amorite kings uh, west of the Jordan and all the Canaanite kings along the coast heard how the Lord had dried up the Jordan before the Israelites until they crossed over, their hearts melted in fear and they no longer had the courage to face the Israelites. And at that time, the Lord said to Joshua, make flint knives and circumcise the Israelites again. So Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the Israelites at Gilbeath Haraloth, which means the hill of the foreskins. You can watch every man in the room cross his legs. Now this is why he did so. All those who came out of Egypt, all the men of military age, died in the wilderness on the way after leaving Egypt. And all the people that came out had been circumcised, but all the people born in the wilderness during the journey from Egypt hadn't. And the Israelites had moved about in the wilderness for 40 years until all the men who were of military age when they left Egypt had died since they had not obeyed the Lord. For the Lord had sworn to them that they would not see the land he had solemnly promised their ancestors to give us, a land flowing with milk and honey. So he raised up their sons in their place. And these were the ones that Joshua circumcised. They were still uncircumcised because they had not been circumcised on the way. And after the whole nation had been circumcised, they remained where they were in camp until they were healed. Then the Lord said to Joshua, today I have rolled away the, the reproach of Egypt from you. So the place has been called Gilgal to this day. And on the evening of the 14th day of the month, while camped at Gilgal on the plains of Jericho, the Israelites celebrated the Passover. The day after the Passover, that very day, they ate some of the produce of the land, unleavened bread and roasted grain. The manna stopped the day after they ate this food from the land. There was no longer any manna for the Israelites. But that day they ate the produce of Canaan. Now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went up to him and he said, Are you for us? Are you for our enemies? Neither, he replied. But as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, What message does my Lord have for his servant? And the commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals. For the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. So, I want to talk today about God in every, excuse me, in everyday life. And I, I'm sure you can't think of a more obvious place to start from than a story about mass circumcision. So, let's give a little bit of context to this story, right? Here we've got the Israelites the people of God, coming into this new chapter in their lives. 
but they weren't all properly identifiable to be able to go out into the world. That's the way the Bible talks about it. Some were circumcised, some weren't. But essentially the imagery is that some were not recognisable as God's people, so they had to go through this ritual of identification. And secondly, up till now, they've been given this daily ration of food from heaven. But now the land was giving them the food that they needed so the manna dried up. Essentially, this new place was going to give them everything that they needed going forwards. And the Israelites were very pleased with themselves about the fact that they were in this position because they'd made it to this promised land that they were always meant to get to. And Jericho had been scoped out by Joshua and his spies, and they were all set, essentially, to go into this next bit. But when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and he saw a man standing in front of him with this drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went up to him and asked, are you for us or are you with our enemies? And this dude says, neither, neither. I wonder if you take a second to think about the most memorable moments in your life, I wonder what they would be. It might be your wedding day or maybe the day where your kids were born or when maybe someone told you that you were ill or that day you got into trouble. I don't know what it is, but you have these spikes in our experiences. But then there's also those Tuesdays when you went swimming and you laughed with someone new or you chatted with someone new in your life. Or you went to the cinema and you saw that movie and it had a profound effect on your life. There's actually two lots of spikes I would talk about in terms of your life. There's the ones where you would kind of easily pin something on it and say that was an experience that really mattered. But then you also have these other spikes, the places of normal and common. And that Tuesday afternoon where something profound happened and it changed something for you. These two lots of spikes. Joshua had come from a place where he was prepared for a situation where he was going to claim things for God. He was claiming land. He was claiming God's sovereignty. And he was talking about the Israelites' uniqueness. He was tooled up, ready for the fight. And then he comes across this guy with a sword in his hand, a man apparently already in a battle situation in the place where Joshua was going. And he says, are you with me or are you for our enemies? And the guy says, neither. Can you imagine the look of confusion across Joshua's face? This isn't an answer that Joshua is prepared for. Neither, the man says. And then he continues to say something fascinating. He says, take your sandals off because this is holy ground. Joshua, it seems, was bringing God to the world, but God was not not only already in it, but he was already fighting and he was announcing how sacred it already was. You know, these are the same words that Moses was spoken, um, uh, he had the words spoken to him when he was encountered God at the burning bush as well. The commander of the Lord's army says, neither. And in that one word, he says, I'm not about your agenda or about your presentation of God or about you bringing God to a place. I'm already here. So show some respect. 
So what does this extraordinary encounter mean for your Monday mornings? What does it speak to when it comes to that meeting that you've got coming up or that conversation or that boss where you seem to go round and round with them in this miserable, unstoppable cycle of knowing how to get things done at work? What does it mean when you take this idea about and apply it to being a Christian in everyday life and trying to see the world through that? Well, first of all, I think we need to understand who we are. What does this chapter in Joshua tell us? Well, essentially, identification in God means to be circumcised and thanking God for his provision means eating the food from the land. It means for the Israelites and for us that we're now ready to encounter the world and to move amongst people as God's people. However, what we often do is we go out and we do God to people. I think we do God to people. Our posture can often be that we bring answers, that we bring provision, that somehow we think we bring life. Now, hear me right on this. I think we do and we should be bringing Jesus. But if we're not careful, we can miss about the fact that God is already in the middle of doing something right in front of us. God is already at work. So I want to share something for you from Matthew 25. This is a stark warning, I think, in this um, in this scripture. It comes from Jesus. And it says, then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. And then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go and visit you? And the king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed and into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you didn't invite me in. I needed clothes and you didn't clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you didn't look after me. See, this is Jesus's cautionary like tale story about us missing people right in front of us. God is saying, if you ignored me, if you didn't come alongside me, then you didn't serve me. What if we read that in terms of the lonely guy at work or the arrogant boss or the same group of gossiping people in the playground that we encounter daily? Suddenly, I think our normal encounters might take on this kind of additional twist. But I want to take it a step further as well. What if we not only expected to see, uh, expected God to be there, but we expected him to speak through people as well? After all, aren't they made in the image of God exactly the same as us? Maybe the most broken and vulnerable hold the voice of Jesus 
Maybe, just maybe, he might speak through that neighbour too, or that mum you worked to, walked to school with. Maybe we could even take another step and expect to learn something of God through our normal interactions and tedious flow to our lives that are so often part of the way we can feel about things. I think we should expect to see the divine, indeed even be taught by the normal things, those normal Tuesdays, those normal things that happen in our lives, those administrative meetings, just in the regular flow of things. Because I think, and I would argue, that when the Christian life is boring or uneventful, it's because we think we know what will happen next. And don't listen for God's voice in the most predictable parts of our lives. So it's not crazy to think that we're the problem as to whether we see God or not. In that if the wonderful or visceral or beautiful or maybe even frightening can turn up at any moment, it's about our eyes to see rather than whether something deep and connected is happening right in front of you or not. I think this is the idea of Missio Dei. It's God's purpose and purposes and the mission already being played out in the world. And this is something you can read about in the scriptures if you look closely enough. You know, early Christians weren't called Christians. They were referred to as saints or holy ones. And the word here is pronounced kadosh, and it literally means those set apart for a special purpose. Or check this, the, the phrase refers to the realm of the sacred and means literally to be distinct from the common. Now, this word holy doesn't always fit, I think, with our thinking around it. For instance, Paul in the New Testament had some pretty clear advice to those holy ones that he was dealing with as to who they could and who they couldn't sleep with. So obviously it didn't quite fit the white robed celibate folk that you might be thinking of and conjure up in your head. No, holy ones simply means those who are connected to what God is doing here on earth and in his mission already. Those separated from seeing the world as common to see that God is at work and we have been allowed to see and participate in what he's been up to. I'm just going to invite Alan up now. He shared a wonderful testimony or a story on our Invest course last year. And uh, yeah, just going to share a couple of it. Thanks. Thanks, mate. Morning, everyone. Um, yeah, it strikes me that we've got a God who is so creative in the way that he speaks to us. Um, and I want to talk about a film. The film is Titanic. And for those of you who have not seen it, as well as being about an unsinkable ship, it's about the classic rich girl, uh, rich girl and poor boy falling for each other. So, uh, so Jack gets invited to go to lunch with Rose. And of course, he's not got the right clothes to wear. No dinner suit was packed. So he gets loaned the right clothes to wear. And of course, he gets to the restaurant and the doorman quite happy to let him in because of course, he's wearing the right clothes. And it struck me at the time that this is exactly what Jesus did for us on the cross. He made a way into God's presence by all that he achieved. And he didn't just loan us the clothes, he actually gave them as a gift. And if you con contrast that with Jack the next day when he's wearing his normal everyday clothes, the doorman doesn't even recognize him. 
And it struck me then that this is exactly where we are if we have not got Christ with us. So again, I just sort of say what I said at the start. We have got a God who just finds so many creative ways to speak to us through the everyday. Mm. Bless you, mate. Thank you. Um, about two years ago, I had this kind of ache in me to be amongst more people who who didn't know Jesus. And so I started work, um, as some of you may know, in a, in a restaurant. Um, you know, it was hard work. Um, it was at times quite stressful. This is not my natural habitat. Um, apart from eating in them, I like that, but not, not working in them. Um, and it had to be right. You know, people were paying quite a lot of money to go there. Um, but I've been stewing on these words that I've been sharing with you this morning from Joshua. Um, and every day I drove over, it was a, it was kind of a good half an hour, 35 minutes to kind of drive, drive over. I found that this kind of really simple prayer would kind of permeate me or was forming in my head as like a regular thing. And it was this, Father, show me what you are up to. And please, please let me join in with it. And um, God heard that prayer and I connected with some of the most wonderful people in the time that I was there. Um, and those people are still my friends, even though the restaurant's closed down now. Um, and there were times where I, I wasn't bold enough and I didn't share Jesus. And there were times where I, I heard God and I spoke up and I shared with people. And there were times where I laughed and cried with people. Um, but I always prayed that prayer on my way over. And I always told um, people where I saw God at work in their lives, wherever I could and wherever it felt appropriate. And that got mixed responses from people. Not everyone was up for those stories. Um, but I tell you this, when we finished working together, we were hugging and kind of parting ways. And, you know, we were all headed off into different directions. Um, people would, as they grabbed me, they would, they would say things like, Dave, you were a rock in our team. Or you were, you were really gracious with that thing. Or I love doing this with you or whatever. And what occurred to me was, and hear me right on this, we can boast in God. We can boast in God. And what I realized is as people were sharing with me, they were listing attributes of the divine. They were listing what God is like. And so I was like, oh, no, you think it's me. But it's what God has been doing. And some of them went. All right, Dave. <laughs> and other people heard it. And I've still got continued conversation with those people. You see, God let me join in with what he was already doing. And he used me to further what he was already up to and partner and team with him inside those things. You see, if we hold it like that, how much more pressure does it take off of us in our day-to-day -day lives when we get to boast in him and not ourselves, you see, it's not about you. It's about him and about what he's up to. So the next time that you can't see the beauty of what God is doing right in front of you, or you can't see what's so special about the next little bit in your life, and you can't see what God is doing amongst people, and maybe you're not looking for the voice of God amongst those people as well. I want you to take a breath 
and stop. Maybe even take your shoes off. Take your sandals off or whatever. I don't know what footwear you Stare at the ground for a second and realize that it is holy. And know that God is doing something right in front of you into which you are personally invited to journey with him and team with him on. And I pray that prayer for you today, that tomorrow will be sacred, like absolutely sacred and beautiful for you if you would just have a good look at it. Amen.